real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast. Be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. This episode of the Frugalpreneur podcast is brought to you by a new sponsor, Riverside.fm. Are you a podcaster or YouTuber that's tired of poor quality audio and video? Use the same platform as Disney, Spotify, and Guy Raz to record HD podcasts and videos from anywhere. It's simple, intuitive, and works all from your browser. Plans start at just $9 a month and include 4K video resolution, screen sharing, and the ability to live stream your interviews and accept live call-ins. Check it out at riverside.fm and use the code Sarah25, that's Sarah with an H, at checkout to get a 25% discount on the first three months of your subscription. That's riverside.fm. Them, coupon code Sarah25. Welcome to the Frugalpreneur Podcast. I am your host, Sarah St. John, and my guest today is a proven thought leader in digital marketing, generating over $3 million in annual revenue growth through highly effective content creation combined with superior strategy development. He is the CEO of Socialistics. Welcome to the show, Jason Yormark. Great. Thank you for having me. Can you give us a little bit of your history and background? I've been kind of a lifelong marketer. My first real major career accomplishment was getting hired at Microsoft. I spent about six or seven years at Microsoft and uh, working for the Microsoft Advertising Group. Got really involved in social media with Microsoft Advertising. Then I launched Social for the last physical edition of Office for Mac. Spent another year with the Office product and then kind of parlayed that into running some social media teams at a couple of different agencies. Always wanted to do my own thing. About three years ago, I launched Socialistics, a social media agency, and we've taken off ever since. It's been an incredible run and we continue to grow our brand and live our core values and help businesses basically navigate social media in measurable ways that actually help grow their businesses. So do you help with Facebook ads or really any social media platform, the ads or... It's end to end. I mean, it's basically most clients have us manage everything across the board, you know, creating their content, managing their channels and communities, running all of their advertising on social media, running influencer campaigns, sometimes some social selling campaigns. Every business is a little bit different, but ultimately it comes down to what are their goals and objectives? What is the budget that they have to work with? And we put together a strategy and execute on that for them. And what exactly is influencer marketing? Is that where you get a famous person to promote? your thing? It depends on how you define fame, I guess. I mean, typically for us, the influencers that we work with uh, are not everyday names for most people. They're they're more, they're folks that are kind of niche-based. They have a following of 100,000, sometimes up to a million. They've kind of got an audience that's very specific in a particular area. It could be fitness, it could be sports, it can be auto, it, it just a variety of different things. It just comes down to, you know, finding what we call micro-influencers who you have a, a, a sizable audience. They're not the Kardashians of the world. You know, they're approachable, they're affordable for businesses, but more importantly, they have audiences that are relevant to our clients. And then we partner with them to basically create authentic content and opportunities to have those influencers share these brands, products and services through their 
channels, authentically identifying those folks and facilitating the relationship so that it can be mutually beneficial for both sides. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I've seen ads before. Well, I guess they're, it's like a photo and it'll, they might be wearing a watch or whatever and they'll say promoted post or promoted something post. like that. Yeah. yeah. Oftentimes the best, if influencers are doing it correctly, they're very transparent about when they are putting out content that is designed to promote a product. We really try to make sure that it's authentic though. There's a lot of influencers that just, all they care about is making money. They'll hawk any kind of product, regardless of whether it's something that they would actually use or if it's actually something that would be a value to their audience. So we we try to find folks that actually are going to find an interest in the product authentically, and it's something that they would actually use and then also support and that it actually relates to their audience. Like there's a high probability that the folks that they're connected to would be interested in it as well. So we really work hard to make sure that everything through and through is as authentic as it can be, because anything beyond that is really just transactional and doesn't really move the needle very significantly over time. And then as far as social selling, tell us a little bit about that. Well, that's basically, it's uh, nine times out of 10, it's leveraging LinkedIn to basically make one-to-one connections with folks. Basically, you identify who's the target type of person that you're trying to reach, what's their role, what company are they with, where are they at regionally, you know, all the things that LinkedIn basically allows you to do. And then you build targeted lists of folks to reach out to that relate to, again, what you do. It's, it's all about authenticity and value. You're making sure that our clients have something that's of interest that's likely to resonate with these folks and then helping them with message funnels that basically create connection requests or in-mails with folks. It's a volume-based game. So a lot of people admittedly ignore a lot of that messaging. It can get pretty noisy, but if it's really targeted, if there's value there, then it works. And the fact of the matter is if you're sending out quite a bit of messaging, if two or 3% of folks respond, then it's worth it. So a lot of folks frown upon that sort of thing, cold outreach. Everybody does it though. It's really about making sure that the folks that you're trying to connect with are vetted. You know, they're the folks that have a high probability of being interested in what you have to offer and, and that you're, you're providing some sort of value. You're not just trying to sell to people. You're trying to introduce valuable tools or content that might be of interest to them to kind of just create touch points and relationships with folks that over time can turn into potential clients or customers. Yeah. I was speaking with someone the other day who just launched a podcast production agency, which is actually what I do. He was saying that he went from zero to six figures in three months, just primarily from LinkedIn cold outreach. Yeah, it's a grind. I mean, it takes, it's a lot of time and you got to know what you're doing. Again, that's why agencies like ours exist because most businesses don't have the resources or the experience to do those sorts of things. So as long as you're producing results for most businesses, it makes a lot of sense. It's never just, there's not one magic pill to market yourself effectively. It's, it really just comes down to doing things the right way and doing them well. And that takes time and expertise expertise that typically many businesses don't have in-house. And that's why marketing agencies exist. I would argue too many of them, but there's plenty of good ones as well. So do you have any tips for LinkedIn outreach or really any outreach, cold outreach? It depends on, well, the first thing is you, as a business, you better have something that people want or need, or is interesting or differentiates. If you're just a me too product or service, if there's really nothing about what you do or offer that stands out, then it's not going to work. That's number one. Number two is you really need to know who it is that you're trying to reach. You need to be really methodical about the demographics of the folks that you're trying to get in front of. What are their titles? What type of companies are they at? It could be interest-based targeting. Really just getting really locked in on that. And then you really have to have 
really, really effective messaging. It needs to be really concise. It really needs to be on point. It's not easy to do. Great writing is not, it's a very valuable commodity. Not everybody can do it. So you really need to make sure that your messaging is on point from your subject lines to the content that's actually in your messaging. So it's really the sum of all of those things working together in harmony that's going to really increase the probability of folks responding to you and then you being able to make connection threads with folks that that turn into some sort of meaningful relationship for your business. So I always tell clients, look, we can take on most of the heavy lifting, but ultimately you have to be prepared to take those relationships to the next level. Our job is to make those connections. It's your job when they raise their hand and they're like, hey, I'm interested in in learning more. You got to take it from there. You got to be ready to follow up and nurture those relationships. So it's kind of a combination of all of those sorts of things. It's not just one thing that's going to make it happen. I think you have to do all of those things really well in order for it to, to be a scalable marketing strategy that actually is worth your time and, and investment to make it work. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah. what about Facebook ads? Do you have any recommendations or suggestions on how to actually get people to click on those? There's a lot of similarities across the board when it comes to social. Having an interesting product certainly starts there. And then, you know, having realistic goals and objectives and budget, it really depends on what is it, what does success look like to you as a business? That's going to kind of determine what a realistic budget is. I think a lot of businesses aren't realistic about that sort of thing. They want a really large amount of results, but they have a couple hundred dollars to spend and it's just not going to happen. So you got to be realistic about what your budget's going to be able to do for you. A big thing is too, is patience. You have to be able to understand that it's going to take at minimum one to three months of running Facebook ads to get a sense of what works and what doesn't. You got to test a lot of things. You got to test creative. You got to test the targeting that you're putting in place. You got to put those things out in the world and see which ones people respond to and, and what things don't and then optimize those things. And then over time, you're able to figure out what is the formula for success for you. And then you can zero in and optimize your budget and really start to get to a point where you have some predictability around. If I spend X amount of dollars, I can expect Y results. But there's definitely a learning phase involved in figuring out what that looks like. I would say most businesses are not equipped to run advertising themselves. Now, if you're just talking about taking a few posts and boosting them, yeah, that, that's a relatively easy lift. But the level of sophistication involved in really running successful paid social media campaigns, it re- requires somebody that knows what they're doing and has experience mm-hmm. with that. Otherwise, you're going to be, if you're going to try and figure it out on your own, you're just going to get frustrated. It's going to take time for you to get there. It's going to end up costing you as much, if not more. And that's value of working with a professional, whether it's an agency or a consultant, is going to help you get there more quickly because you're working with folks that have done that and are going to save you a ton of time when it comes to getting things optimized as quickly as possible. So, and the, and the last thing I would say is, if you're a small business, ultimately, any bit, if you're not spending a couple thousand dollars on your ads, then you're probably not going to see a lot of movement. Now, the exception is if you're like a small mom and pop retail shop in the corner, and your business to a particular zip code, then you can probably get away with boosting some posts and doing some of the self-managed stuff. But if you're a business looking to sell products and services over the course, over like the entire country or things of that nature, chances are you're going to need somebody to kind of help you navigate that. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, I've run a few ads on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, which LinkedIn ads are really expensive in comparison. I get frustrated. It's so you have to learn how each different platform operates and it it gets frustrating. So I've been thinking about getting a social media agency at some point. Out of curiosity, what or how do you do your pricing? Yeah, so agencies are different. We've got a great resource on our website that I'll I'll share with the audience, basically titled, How Much Does Social Media Cost? Mm -hmm. And then we have, it breaks down what you can expect 
product in terms of what you would pay an agency or the different type of sized agencies. And then we have a social media ad budget calculator that's free for folks where you can put in your goals and objectives and it'll give you a budget recommendation. So you can check that out on our website. But ultimately, it really comes down to there's really three buckets when you think about agencies, in my opinion. There's your individual really small startup agency and or freelance contractor just starting out. And then you have the middle, which is where we live, kind of a boutique agency. They've been doing it for a couple of years, maybe five to 15 people, roughly. So they're still small and nimble, not huge. And then the third bucket is like your big major agencies, like the ones that work with Coke or Pepsi or Taco Bell, like really big brands. Now, obviously, I'm, I'm simplifying that a little bit for the purpose of this conversation and for people just trying to get a sense of things. I'm sure there's probably five buckets, but ultimately, if you narrow it down, three buckets. If you're like a small, that freelance contractor, just starting out agency, you're probably looking at having to spend at minimum 1500 to 2500 a month. Hard costs for them to do work for you. That's probably the entry point. The benefits, a little less expensive. They're young and hungry. So they're probably going to go above and beyond. They're probably working to build out their portfolio. So they're willing to do more for less in that stage. Some of the disadvantages, it's probably only going to be one person or a really small team. You're probably paying less for something. Like they're going to want to charge more for that eventually. So that relationship probably won't be long lasting. And they're probably not as experienced as some of the other groups. Now, if you move move up the scale to say maybe this that second, but that boutique agency kind of where we live, you're probably looking at more of like three to five K a month. You're getting a team at that point, probably you're getting in like an account manager and then one to two folks that are doing tactical for you. The benefits are, again, they're still young and hungry. They're a little bit more experienced. They've been doing it a little bit longer. So their processes are in place. You're probably going to see more significant results more quickly. Disadvantages, I would say, obviously a little bit more expensive. And outside of that, there's probably not really any disadvantages unless you're like a growing huge brand and you're spending six figures on ads. Once you kind of get into that realm, then you're talking about the much bigger agencies where they're probably charging you. 10k more a month. You're probably not talking to anybody if you're not spending 10k a month. So there's a place for everybody. It just depends on where you're at as a business and having realistic expectations. We started out in that first bucket, and over the course of the past three years, we've grown into that boutique agency space. So I, I that's where I always recommend most businesses try to make things work because I think that that's the sweet spot. But th- there's a place for for every client and every agency depending on where they're at budget wise. And you can grow. Obviously, you can start small, and then over time, it makes sense. I mean, agencies. It's pretty rare for clients to stay with agencies forever. So, and we kind of go into with that, with that expectation. We offer month to month terms and we realize sometimes a client might outgrow us or vice versa. It happens. So that's the benefit of working with an agency is that it gives you as a business owner, some flexibility to go in and out of relationships as your business shifts mm. over time. So that's kind of a high level overview. That's kind of what I was anticipating. And cause I just launched a podcast production agency and I'm mm-hmm. just wondering what tips do you have for any sort of agency? I guess any kind service agency Mm -hmm. when they're getting started, maybe things you learned. Oh, for sure. We're actually, I'm writing a book called The Anti-Agency, How I Built a Million Dollar Business Differently. And the whole book is about basically the question that you ask, like, what have I learned? What are the things that we did that helped us be successful? There's a couple of things that just come top of mind. Number one is get to a point where you can say no. You don't want to say yes to everything. Now, obviously, when you're just starting out, you're hungry, you kind of get what you can get. So it's a little naive to think that you're not going to be a little bit more flexible about the type of 
business, but you want to get to a point where you're not taking everything. You know, you've got to value your time. You don't want to sway too far from what you charge and what you're worth. You don't want to take on clients that aren't a good fit for you. Either maybe there isn't a good professional chemistry there. Maybe their product is just kind of like, eh, and you're just like, you know, great marketing doesn't fix bad products, but you know, you just want to get to a point where you can say no and you can be selective about who you work with. So that's the biggest thing. The other big thing that for me, look, I started my business when I was in my mid to low forties. So everybody's different in terms of when they take that leap. You know, for me, that was the right timing for me personally and professionally. And I think the biggest thing that I learned about why did it work this time? Like, why did it take off? The the, the biggest thing is fear. I, I got over my fear of that regular paycheck, mm-hmm. right? The regular paycheck and your benefits, the comfort and the stability that comes with a regular nine to five job. I had kids and you know, I had things to take care of. There's that stability. A lot of people crave that. They want some predictability in their life when it comes to that sort of thing. And as a marketer, I was always jumping to different jobs, whether I was being laid off or whether I was taking it like, it's just, I never had that stability and predictability. I was like, what's wrong with me? And I finally realized kind of when I looked at marketing professionals, every marketer jumps all over the place, whether by choice or not. That's just the nature of marketing. It's a flavor of the month sort of thing. Marketers are changing jobs. Companies want to go in different directions. So as soon as I got okay with that, I basically come, came to the realization that the stability that I was always looking for was right in front of me all along, which was doing my own thing. Control my own fate. I don't have to worry about other people and other things controlling. I'm in charge. My fate is in my own hands. When I realized that stability that I was craving my entire life was right in front of me, the fear kind of melted away. And the minute that that happened, the business took off because I was, I just felt like my handcuffs were off and I just went for it a hundred percent. And I didn't feel like I had this fear crutch holding me back constantly like, Oh, maybe I should look for jobs too while I'm doing this just in case. It's like, Nope. I'm all in. I'm going 100% in. This is what I was meant to do. The minute that mindset took over, that's when my business took off. So to me, that's the biggest thing for anybody that's thinking about starting an agency or starting a business. You're not ready unless you're willing to to walk away from all that other stuff. You got to be 100% committed, 100% confident, and not even looking back. When you're able to do that, then you're ready. And if you've got a good product or service, you got a good head on your shoulders, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Yeah, those are good points. I think so many people are afraid of leaving their day job because of the supposed Mm -hmm. stability and the benefits, like you said, especially health benefits. But like you said, and few people point this out, is that, well, how stable is it really when you're under the Mm -hmm. control of other people? Whereas when you run your own business, you're in control. So no, for sure. And I, you know, what I tell people is look, look, if you're still kind of in that place where you kind of need that steady paycheck and but you know deep in your heart that you're an entrepreneur and that's what you want to do create a runway for yourself figure out what what is it that you want to do and create a side hustle plant some seeds get the brand out there get the website start blogging start putting content out create some momentum for yourself so that if and when you get fired or laid off or you're just fed up you're sliding into something that's already moving right that train has already left the station You've already got some momentum going. It's not going to feel as monumental to like start from scratch. You've created something that you're kind of already being able to jump into. So that was something that we did with our brand too. Like I put it out there. And by the time I really made that, the light bulb went off, I was jumping into something that already had some momentum. So it made it a little bit easier to make that Mm -hmm. leap. Yeah, that's a good point. That's where I'm at. And I think a lot of people, they start it on the side and build it up while they're still getting that paycheck. And then at a certain point, yeah, yeah, just take off with it. (laughs) When does that book come out? I'm about halfway through it. So I plan on publishing it this fall. And I think the time is really just going to come down to, I kind of went into it with 
the idea that I was going to self-publish, but I have a little bit of interest maybe of getting picked up by a publisher. So I'm not doing it to make money. I don't care about selling books. I just care about, it's really just more of a lead gen tool, maybe open up doors to some speaking opportunities. I love helping people. That's my passion is, is just really authentically helping people with their businesses or starting agencies. And I can help others do it more efficiently and quickly than I did. That's what's fun for me. So the book's a passion project and just telling our story and how we were able to do that. I'm, I'm looking forward to reading that. I guess it'll be on your website whenever it becomes available. Absolutely. Well, cool. Well, I appreciate your time today. And if people want to learn more, they can go to socialistics.com or even your personal website, jasonyourmark.com. I'm also going to have show notes with links to everything at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash jasonyourmark. And that's Y-O-R-M-A-R-K. Absolutely. And check out that. We have that awesome ad budget calculator on our Socialistics website. It's a free tool that'll really help businesses kind of get a little bit more sense around what to expect budget-wise in terms of their ad budget and or hiring an agency, whether that's us or or anybody else. I saw that on your website. I think I'm going to have to input some numbers in there and see what I come up with. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, for sure. I love it. It's a really cool tool that my director of paid put together. Just one of those free things that helps people be realistic about what to expect when it comes to Mm -hmm. these sorts of things. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time today. Awesome. Thank you for having me on the show. Be sure to grab your free copy of my list of 27 tools, resources, and software programs I use to run my businesses on a tight budget. You can get it at the sarahstjohn.com forward slash 27 tools. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N.com forward slash 27 tools. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack, connect with fellow listeners, Share your thoughts on episodes, engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.